0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, what's up, guys? I just wanted to take a couple seconds here and let you know, if you didn't already know, about the t-shirt presale that's going on right now. I've had a lot of people asking me over the last couple months if I was going to do any merch, and the answer is yes, we are doing it now. And trust me, guys, this thing is cool. It's almost like 85% guaranteed to improve your tone and plus make you more attractive to whoever it is you're trying to attract. Groupies, bartenders, squirrels, really everyone. It's just gonna make you better looking. They're gonna be printed right here in Portland, Oregon in the same shop that does some screening for some of mine and your favorite stomp boxes, so there's that connection. How could that be bad? And everybody that pre-orders we will get 15% off what the normal price will be going forward as a little thank you for helping us get this thing kickstarted. started and um, there's a lot more cool designs in the pipeline and yeah we're gonna be looking forward to keeping those in stock and ready to rock for anybody who is uh, needing some fresh threads in their life so just head on over to tonemob.com store it'll take you where you need to go you'll see the shirt and all will be right with the world. So, yeah, thanks for checking that out, and on with the show. Hello, everyone on the internet. Welcome to the latest edition of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. As per usual, I'm your host Blake Wyland, and today we are talking to Paul Roney of Roney Guitars and the Luthierist Podcast. How's it going? It's
1: going okay. How about yourself?
0: It's been a quite an interesting day, but you know, I'm starting to manage. I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna have my hands on a guitar in a little while, and everything will be okay.
1: Oh, excellent! Yes. What kind of guitar?
0: Um, probably tonight we'll. I'm feeling like it's a junior night. I think it'll be a, oh. it'll be my uh, my old junior
1: tonight. I believe. Yeah, most nights are junior nights. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah it's always it's always a good choice. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so how was your day? what did you have going on. on?
1: Uh, it's uh, you know, busy as usual. Um, my mom was in town for a couple of days and uh, with my niece and. Uh, So we visited for a little while, which was uh, really great, and then um, came into work this morning, and just uh, back to sort of the grind of what I do.
0: Literally sometimes, grind.
1: Yeah, actually. (laughs) Or grind, file, sand, uh, scrape, Uh, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of uh, adjectives that describe uh, the various parts of you know what is essentially just whittling away at wood, uh, you know, and then putting some kind of a coating on it so that it doesn't deteriorate into nothingness.
0: Oh, but what a what a piece of wood it is when it's all done. I mean, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> there's that. It's nice. I, uh, you know, I, I like what I do, and um, you know, definitely the people always ask me like, "What's the best part of the process?" It's like uh well you, like duh when you're done and you get to play the thing that's definitely the best part of the process. <laughs> no,
0: breathing in sawdust and inhaling uh various chemical fumes. That's my favorite part of the process. Yes.
1: Oh man, like tell me about it. Today's one okay, i I've, I've always been like an allergy sufferer like I've like my whole life and generally, you know, Benadryl takes care of me, so like it's not terrible, but I still like I have allergies, you know. And so it, during certain times of the season, it's like I, I'm just – I'm sneezing constantly and there's just liquids coming out of my face that shouldn't be. And, uh, you know, today was kind of one of those days. And then on top of that is the sawdust and fumes from super glue and, you know, various urethanes and uh, – yeah, don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoa, man. That – I didn't really think about that part of it, as far as having allergies on top of just the the nastiness that kind of comes along with the, with the territory, so to speak. That's that's intense. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of a double whammy, you know. Oh man, it's, it's pretty bad. You know, I, I'll take Nick Offerman's advice and keep a hanky in my pocket. It's kind of the best thing I can do. Yeah. Um, and you know, luckily Benadryl doesn't make me drowsy like it does so many people. So at least I can. Uh, you know, take that and kind of feel uh, mostly normal. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Drowsiness and a table saw is generally a bad combination.
1: So, oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Table saws are kind of bad ideas in general. (laughs) (laughs) It's a brilliant invention
0: as long as everything goes. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're great. They're great. I'm just terrified of them. (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I mean,
1: you shouldn't be. They're they're horrifying. They
0: are. There's there's so many horror stories, and just looking at it, it looks like a machine of death spinning.
1: Just it looks like yeah.
0: a, some sort of torture device a Bond villain would use. I don't know. They yeah. frighten me.
1: That's not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> I think wasn't that one of like the Bond villain? Uh, that's like the the sort of the famous trope of like the the Bond franchise is the villain is like. And now, Mr. Bond, I'm going to tell you my plan, and then cut you in two. And then Bond is like on a table, slowly being pushed into a saw. Yeah. That's gonna like tear up his junk, and you're like,
0: ah. Yeah, well, the one I remember most is one is is a. I don't remember. I'm sure I'll lose all my Bond fan listeners right now because I don't know which one this is but the, the one with uh-huh. the laser beam yeah going up to his crotch that's one right yeah
1: the laser beam uh-huh. okay see why don't we why don't we have that laser to cut wood with you know well maybe like, like, there, there are lasers I don't know maybe somebody like
0: Gibson or Fender might be able to afford that Let's, that's, maybe <laughs> maybe they've
1: got the Plec machine and the CNC bandsaw maybe the next thing is like the laser cutter that can cut out the entire guitar That'd be gnarly, whoa! Wow.
0: Maybe we need to invent that.
1: And the and the, and the edges would be all burnt.
0: <laughs> well, maybe like, wait, maybe there's a reason this isn't a thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably. That's very yeah. Burn a- marks are hard to sand out.
0: It'd be okay <laughs> on like a really dark bourbon burst or something. I don't think anybody'd notice. he would be all right.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Well, that's why Fender did the. That's what the, where the you know the Antigua finish. Yes. That fender you know that sort of green like uh that like puke yellow to puke green burst that fender did in the 70s like the, one of the reasons they did that finish was because when they were doing the 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 binding channel and uh, routing it or something anyway they kept burning it and so they were like we got to cover up this burn and and they came up with antigua to cover it up. really
0: well that's interesting <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah it is kind of an odd color but i i do actually kind of if I'm the only Oh, one. yeah, it's but, cool. It looks
1: really great on some stuff. All colors can look good on some things, but not all colors can look good on everything. That's true. That's the, my that's my take on it, I think.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I I, I yeah. almost picked up a Coronado one time that was in Antigua, and I'm still kicking myself for not buying mm. that thing cuz it was like it was like 2 years ago and it was literally $800. Uh, for it. Oh, man. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't really know what it was at the time. I was like, oh, I've never really seen yeah. this before. It's cool. It sounds good. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll pass. And then, like, a couple years later, I was like, that Coronado was really cool. I'm going to look look into it and read more about these. And then, oh, that's a yeah. $2,000 plus guitar. What was I...
1: Uh, yeah. Good job. Uh. Hmm. Well done. Missed out on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that is a pretty good deal on that. Jeez.
0: Yeah, and it was all original, as far as I could tell. Um, not that mm-hmm. I'm an expert, but it didn't look like it had been messed with at all. But yeah. Anyway, that's a yeah. that's a that's a. No one wants to hear that. They don't need to
1: hear me complaining about <laughs> not buying things. <laughs> that could be like a whole podcast, though, of just like uh, various people talking about the the like the the really great deal that pa- that they. Past.
0: Oh yeah, the one you that know? got away.
1: Yeah, the one that got away. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Everybody has every guitar player has those stories. I think at least if you're into gear, some guitar players just could not care less. I know about and I don't understand what they that, play. But <laughs> I don't either. I, it's, I don't get it.
0: Oh, it's so crazy. I that that just is like. Of course, I, I'm not going to offend any of those people because they're not listening to this podcast. But I do not. I can't possibly fathom that. I'm such a gearhead. But whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay, well, I keep I keep rambling. What I really want to know, and what I always try to dig into with everybody, is like kind of what's your um, musical backstory? How did you get where you are now, and kind of where did it all start for you?
1: Hmm. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I, I've listened to your podcast a couple times. I kind of knew this was coming, and so I kind of like thought about it a little bit. And it's it's I still don't know if I have the story straight, but I'll try. Okay. Um, so, uh, my my dad was a drummer, um, and my mom was just always really super into music. Like I was raised on uh, the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and like Yes and Emerson, Lincoln and Palmer and uh, classical music, like. Beethoven and Tchaikovsky, you know, was that's kind of, that's like the the sort of the basis, the formation of, you know, my just being a just being a kid and having music just all the time. Like my parents had this huge Pioneer stereo system that just they always had a record on. Um, from from you know my recollection of it, there was always some music playing and playing loudly, you know, because my parents were rock and rollers, you know, that was, that's their generation, you know? Um, so I, yeah, so I was just like obsessed with music from a really early age and and then it was kind of like getting to sort of like discover new music for myself at a certain point, you know, where, uh, you know, I realized like that MTV was a thing and, and that I could go out and I could talk to people and say, what do you listen to? And they would tell me like the, you know they listen to different things and i could uh, I could just get into it you know and discover my own stuff and so the that sort of process of discovery uh just never never stopped it never went away it never uh never wasn't a thing it's just this huge music is if music wasn't around I wouldn't do what i do you know like music is a just like the huge biggest influence of my life um and I think I think probably a lot of those early bands that I was familiar with, like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and the classical music, kind of shaped what I'm into now. Because I, th- I think that what I listen to now, primarily, like I listen to a lot of stuff, but I think primarily what I listen to now is probably, um, you know, uh, could probably be directly connected to that if you go back. Um, but then right around, like, high school was kind of when I decided that playing music might be something that I wanted to do. Uh, and like I said, my dad was a drummer. And um, so I, I met these kids and they were like, yeah, we're we're going to start a band. We're starting a band. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'll play drums. Yeah, I, I know how to play drums. And I had no idea how to play drums. <laughs> like, <laughs> no clue at all. But I thought, well, my dad could teach me. And he kind of did. Like, that's kind of how it worked out. They were like, Paul's going to be the drummer. And they got behind the drum kit and they're like, you don't really know what you're doing. I'm like, no. And then uh, – but but my dad was was there and, and he had – he was kind of creating a studio. Like, him and his, his buddies who were uh, bandmates uh, were trying to sort of create this recording studio and uh, – he He was a carpenter and was could kind of frame the whole thing out and um uh create create this thing and and then it, you know my friends and I would go in there with our instruments and we would learn to play our instruments and and try to write songs together and so that was like my early early experience and I continued to just be a drummer for years, and I still now like even to this day um like I'm, I'm a far better drummer than I am guitar player. Like I, I'm probably as a musician, I'm I'm more of a guitar of drummer than I am a guitar player. But uh, there was a point at which uh, I realized that that you could you could take a guitar and you didn't even necessarily need to know that much of how to play it. You could kind of just know like that power chord shape or something, and you could bang out a lot of songs. Right. I thought this is really this is really cool. Like I don't need to really learn guitar. I just need to learn how to write a riff. And and, and that was kind of a re- that was like this huge revelation to me. And I was so sick of carrying drums around that I thought I'll carry a four twelve cabinet around instead. Right. You, you kind of see like the flaw <laughs> in my high school aged logic there, but yeah. You know, but but all yeah, but all the same, it was like I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna learn to play guitar. So I started. So I took some guitar lessons um which kind of counted towards my high school education and I ended up graduating early which was which was nice but um I never really practiced as much as I should have and never really got super great at it but all the same you know I I became an adult and I moved and um met up with people and said yeah I play drums and guitar and they'd be like well I want to start a band how about you play drums and so sometimes I'd play drums and other times they said well I I like the way you play guitar why don't you play guitar instead and I I would do either or and um, so the only so then I ended up in a band the only band that ever really kind of played shows and uh, really did much of anything you know um, of all the little various groupings that I've been involved with, but, um, there was only one of them that was ever like a band that did a lot. And, uh, I played guitar in that band, kind of a mixture of rhythm and lead. So it was, you know, it was kind of this post-rock metal thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it a lot and kind of just became super duper obsessed with guitars and became a total gearhead, um, uh, Pedals was always like a huge thing for me. I I'm a total slut when it comes to pedals. Mm. Um, you know, I I love tube amps, and I just love guitars. You know, it, it just I I got really into like the history of them. I got really into taking them apart and putting them back together. Um, and uh, then at some point in time. It, it, I, I moved away uh, from where the band had been to a different city. And this uh, was, was actually when I moved up to Portland for a while. Oh, okay. Um, and it, that basically was what broke up the band. But while I was up in Portland, I had quit going to college because I thought I was just going to be a musician for a living. So I, I quit going to college and I thought, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I have no career, you know, I, I have no, the, there's just nothing I'm doing with my life besides wishing i was a famous guitar player in a hugely popular band uh and and, and i have a day job you know like it was so you know it wasn't what i wanted so i i needed a like a career and um i found a book uh at Powell's books and it was um i think it's called how to make an electric guitar by Dennis Waring I probably have that name wrong, so apologies to him, but um, I bought that book, and uh, I bought a router, and I brought some, bought files, and I just kind of started practicing, just kind of started going at it, you know, and it was pretty quick that, like, I was kind of hooked on this idea of being a guitar maker, um, and, and and I just kept, kept doing it, and decided that this was how I was going to make a living this someday, you know, I, this is going to be my career, I was... So obsessed with guitars, like what can I do for a career that's going to involve guitars? And it ended up ended up being guitar making. That's awesome.
0: <clears throat> did uh, did you uh, work with anybody up in this neck of the woods? Like, I like uh, I think you mentioned before that like you you kind of hung around Sal Cole's shop a little bit and and things like that. Is that yeah. was that kind of was that a big help to you early on or were you just kind of there nerding out? Like how, how did that all come about for you?
1: Yeah, it it definitely helped me out. I think that, um, so I, where I ended up living in Southwest Portland was only like a mile away from Saul Cole's shop. And even way before I even moved to Portland, I was aware of him. Um, he was probably the first sort of high end boutique guitar maker that I even knew existed. Um, And I I was just a huge fan of his work, you know, before I didn't even know he was in Portland and then somehow I'm up there and I start building guitars and I'm just looking at his stuff, admiring it. And I realize, Hey, this guy's in Portland. I should ask him if I can meet him and see his shop. And he says, and he was completely gracious. He's absolutely one of the nicest people on the planet. Uh, And he he just said, sure, come on down. I'm in Southwest Portland. And then that's when I realized like, oh my God, I'm like a mile from his shop. So yeah, I used to go down there and just kind of glean off all the information that I could and show him whatever I was working on and check out whatever he was working on and um, just hang out. But Yeah, I got to know some of the other guitar makers up there, like David King, who is an incredible, um, he he makes basses primarily, and and that guy's one of the most knowledgeable people I know. Um, Mark Roberts, who primarily makes ukuleles and is an absolute sweetheart. And he did, started doing this thing where uh, it was a Luthier's Lunch, you know, Uh, people, anybody that was kind of into guitar making or, you know, craftsmen of a musical instrument of any kind, um, sort of would get invited and we would all just have lunch together. And so I ended up meeting, you know, like Mike Doolin and Matt Proctor and, um, you know, like all these guys. I I can't even uh, uh, list them all, you know, so many guys that I met and just had lunch with them and because the scene up there was just super great for that.
0: Yeah, it seems to be – that way with just kind of guitar gear in general up here for some reason, there's just a pocket of very, you know, effects and amps, builders and everything just like, and yeah, lots of guitar builders, lots, just, I don't know if it's highly concentrated in this, in this neck of the woods for, for whatever reason.
1: Um, it is, it's bizarre. And it's gotta be pretty cool being there now. Um, Cause I remember like right before I moved was when the pro guitar shop sort of showroom f- uh, that they have up there uh, uh, it, it had sort of just opened right before I moved oh, away okay. from Portland. Yeah. And uh, it was then that I realized that all of these great pedal companies were in town like Cattle and Bread and uh, Mr. Black and um, I'm, there's probably many many others that I'm forgetting about. But there's all these pedal companies up there and then now you've got uh, I know you, Chris Benson of course is this amazing amp guy and uh i I don't know about other ant builders up there, but you know there's a lot of guitar builders, and yeah it's just a sort of hot seat for all that stuff and it's just incredible, it's so cool. I do miss Portland, and I think someday I'd like to i i I might go back you know I'm kind of in Sacramento now, just because this is where my career has taken me right and I've got this shop set up here that is it's a good shop set up and I would I would have to kind of start fresh if I was going to leave here, and that's just a difficult thing to do. So, um, yeah, so I'm kind of here for now, but uh, long-term plan of things, I could definitely see myself uh, maybe someday going back to Portland.
0: Oh, well, we'd love to have you back up here. It
1: just,
0: oh, uh, well, come on. It just feels like, I, I, d- I didn't know what it was, but, you know, I was in Pro Guitar Shop one day, and I just felt like a piece of me left. I just didn't know what it was until <laughs> until now and now I know. Yeah, yeah, my guitars aren't there. That's
1: what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's and then something I, missing. Yeah. Pro Guitar Shop.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that their showroom up here. I don't know if you know that. It actually closed. They closed their showroom here about, oh. about uh, probably a year ago. Um they they shut down the showroom. And I always kind of wondered, you know, I mean, just thinking out loud, like they were right in the Pearl down there, like that's got to be an expensive spot, you know. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I loved, I loved their showroom. I bought lots of stuff from them and bought, you know, my dad a, a Telecaster down there. That was one of my kind of go-to spots. But it was, I was yeah. very sad to see that one go. But when I talked to him, I talk, I I called somebody out at their warehouse when it closed because it was like, what happened? There was always so many people in there, or so it seemed. And yeah. they were like, yeah, it was pretty busy, but we were only getting like 5% of our sales from there, so it wasn't worth it, oh. you know. yeah. So it makes sense.
1: I remember uh, looking for guitar shops, and I had this friend, and we kind of were trying to sort of tour all the guitar shops in Portland. And uh, we heard about Pro Guitar Shop and actually went into their facility before they ever opened the showroom and before they started doing all the YouTube videos that sort of got them famous. Right. Um, it was just way out in this warehouse and they had this front office that was teeny tiny, you know, it was just a little 10 by 10 room or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think back about what I saw there and, and what they've become because it's very different. Um, but yeah it's it's interesting the whole arc of that place,
0: yeah, very interesting and i mean i'm I'm you know I gotta kind of give them some credit where that you know their videos and stuff is kind of what like really sparked like, oh, what is all this like I've yeah. been missing some stuff, and I didn't know I was missing it, and so yeah it was uh yeah. that was that was a, one of the couple sparks that kind of ignited well I guess my wife probably
1: wishes I hadn't Seen those videos, but you know, it, it, <laughs> so it goes. Absolutely, yeah, and I think you know, I was a, I was one of those guys that was on forums and stuff uh, for a long time before I started my career, and so some of the stuff that uh, Pro Guitar Shop sort of brought to the masses, um, some of that stuff I was already aware of um, because I was, I was just into into that sort of stuff, small, you know, boutique brands and. I'd be like, oh, I want to find an envelope filter. Who makes the coolest envelope filter? And people would be like, Sub Decay, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, who? What, what the heck is Sub Decay? And I'd go check it out and, um, you know, bought all kinds of weirdo obscure pedals before the pedal industry exploded to what it is today. Right. Uh, yeah.
0: Do you have any... Uh... Well, I guess this would be a good segue into what your kind of current rig is looking like. I know you've been doing a lot of drumming lately, but Mm. as far as the guitar setup, like, what are you what are you looking at
1: these days? Well, yeah, I don't really have like a set rig or a a a Paul's guitar setup, you know, because because in my current band situation, I'm playing drums, but it's kind of hilarious because the other guys that I'm playing with uh, didn't have as good of amps as I do. Okay. <laughs> so – so uh, or guitars or pedals for that matter. Dirt. So the entire band, which is currently two guitars and a drummer, the entire band is playing gear that's owned by me. Oh, well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> the whole band. So if you want to talk about those rigs, I can tell you a little bit. Um, I have two amps. um and they're it's funny because they're kind of in a way they're kind of the same amp. It's sort of my thing, but they're made by two different companies and sound completely different. Um, the first one is a satellite amplifier, Barracuda. Mm. Oh man, which is yeah, it's amazing. I love the satellite stuff because it's so simple. Just it's got the two inputs and a volume and a tone knob, and you're and whatever you plug into it, you just hear whatever you're plugging into it, you know, it's like the tone is so sort of transparent. Yes. Um, I I really want one really bad. Huge. Oh, they're, they're just so great. Like I've been in love with satellite amplifiers for the last four years. When I first heard about them, when I first moved into the shop that I'm in now, um, with, uh, with Doug Cower who introduced me to, uh, satellite. And, uh, you know, I've just been head over heels in love with them ever since. Um, the the base like the regular model Barracuda is uh, is based around the uh, KT66, which is a really cool tube. But I wanted to see if he could do one for me with uh, 6 ca EA7s. Oh okay. Because because I've always just really liked six EA7s, and so he sort of prototyped it first with some EL34s and said, "Yes, this sounds good. This sounds exactly like the regular model Barracuda, only a little bit more aggressive." And I was like, oh, well, that sounds like something I'd like. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, and, and he shipped me mine with some 6A7s in it and, uh, and a 112 cab with a Celestian cream back, And, yeah, it sounds incredible. I love it to death. Um, and then my, my other amp is a really obscure thing right now because the guy that made it is in Australia. And he's kind of just getting his amp company going. Oh, okay. But it's uh but it's Lance Amps, L L A N C E. So he's uh his name's James Lance and he's he's down in Australia. I forget which city, I think it's Melbourne. Um and uh yeah, it's it's kind of similar because it's about that forty forty five watts sort of range into two sixty A sevens. Oh okay. So kind of similar. Um and but this one has uh high low gain inputs and it has a, a number and it has individual uh gain knobs for each each of those with a master volume and a tone knob so it's got a little bit of extra control to it um and it's just kind of a gain machine like it can do a clean tone but it's it's made because I told him I wanted something that could sound heavy and aggressive and it does that in spades like this thing has more gain on tap than any amp I've ever heard it it just a just face melter, you know, it's got got that going for it, which is really cool. Nice. Um and I've got that plugged into an old Mitchell two twelve cab with two Celestian uh G twelve H one hundreds. The good ones. Mhm. From what I hear. From what I understand.
0: The old the old school <laughs> ones when they were uh, still made in across the pond that, well not as in not in China.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So that's the amp situation. Uh for guitars. I've got a couple of guitars and the guys in my band play my guitars. Um not my guitars that I made, but just guitars that are in my personal collection. Um because I don't have any of my own guitars hanging around for them to play. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's part of my plan for this year is like, I'm going to build myself some guitars so that I can have them around the shop. And when people want to come check out what I do, I can hand them something that I've made, but I, and I've tried doing that in the past, but I always ended up selling it. Somebody was like, I I got to have that guitar. That's mine. And I sold it. So currently I have no, none of my own guitars. This
0: sounds very like, I'm i pretty sure I heard, just heard the exact same story from Casey over at Veritas. I went, he's like, Hey, come by and check out the shop. We're expanding it. I'm like, okay. Oh. And so I went over there, I was like, Man, I've heard a lot about your guitars. Let me let me lay my hands yeah. on one of them bad boys. He's like, uh yeah, yeah. I um I don't have any any then he yeah. basically told me that exact same story. He did have one there, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really it wasn't set up and it wasn't it yeah. was kinda like I'm not sure exactly what the situation with that guitar was, but it wasn't a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. So it was like, yeah, I was like, this sounds like, this is like deja vu right now. This is exactly what he just told me.
1: Yeah. It seems to be pretty common amongst us guitar maker guys. You know, like it seems pretty, it's pretty rare that, you know, you that you, uh, you know, that you have something that you finish and it sticks around for a while. You know, if you're, um, if you're, I guess if you know, I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, it's, it's like I finish something and it gets it goes out the door pretty quick, which is not a problem, not a bad problem to have, you know. Well, it's um, it,
0: you are kind of in the business of stuff selling, but... of selling. Yeah, I was gonna say selling guitars, yeah. so it doesn't yeah, really make yeah. you any money to
1: have them sitting there looking at you. So it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, but I, you know, um, I, I, I so I don't have any of my own guitars for my bandmates to play but uh I have some of my personal guitars I have a 1964 Supro White Holiday which is a of you know Valco made in Chicago mm-hmm. guitar that's with a, with a fiberglass body uh single bridge pickup the sort of it looks like a humbucker but it's a single coil yep I know what you're talking about sort of a about. thing yeah uh, and I love those old guitars like that whole era um, all those Valco guitars that came out in the late fifties, early sixties. Um, those are some of my favorite guitars of all time. The fiberglass bodied guitars, and even some of the wood bodied models. I just, you know, that's just my jam right there. You know, those things are so great. That, uh, so I was
0: that seems to poke through in, in, uh, some of your designs. I'm, I'm definitely can see that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the, what I came up with for my original models was, um, you know, I wanted to do uh, tributes, I guess. Not tributes, but I wanted to take some of those influence. So certainly, like, the Oceana is kind of an amalgamation of, like, all my favorite guitars. Like, it's a little bit Les Paul. It's a little bit Jazzmaster, but it's a lot Supro.
0: It's uh, a lot beautiful. That's what it is. I love it. No, thank you. I, serious, thank you so I, much. I'm not just saying that. I've, that's why, that guitar is why I needed to get you on the show, because that's how I found out about you first, was... It's like oh. what is that? Oh. Okay. <laughs> this is sweet. Uh so I'm not just blowing smoke. I really do think that's
1: a gorgeous guitar. No, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That you know that's the guitar that is kind of my my heart and soul, my you know, pride and joy. I mean, that's the guitar that it's the flagship of my company and you know, if um if I didn't if I only built one guitar for the entire rest of my life uh it would be the Oceana and uh, you know, I would, I would do it happily because it's, that's what I do. That's what I've created. It's kind of my child in that sense, you know, or for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, You know, I like all of my other guitar designs. Uh, You know, I love them. I I really do. I I think that um, some of the other guitars that I've got uh, do different things and have different looks and kind of are maybe somewhat better suited for other purposes and things, but, the oceana to me is kind of it's the be all to end all uh, you know in a way so it so it makes me it just makes me really happy when other people like it because because i like it and right. you know i design, i designed it as like my dream guitar so for anybody else to say well that's beautiful that's a nice guitar you know that that makes me really feel really good
0: well just we're all about spreading the good feels so <laughs> if you anybody listening hasn't checked out an Oceana either get on the website the link will be in the show notes or um check it out on Instagram just go look at it and feast your eyes uh, I've posted it a couple uh once or twice I can't remember but just yeah. just go look at an Oceana and and, and and just smile just do it okay <laughs> Any, anyway yeah. uh, interrupt I'm gonna interrupt you a couple times but we were talking about your bandmates guitars
1: uh huh. Okay, so they're both oh, guys yeah. playing zero, so, um,
0: and the other guy's playing a...
1: The other guy is playing... I just recently got a, a 1975 Gibson L6S. Oh, yes, um, nice. Which I got because... So I've kind of always been obsessed with those guitars. I always thought they were super cool. Um, and then I kind of forgot about them for a long time. And then I checked out the band True Widow, and I was like, this is one of my favorite bands in the entire world, and now and uh i was checking out his gear and i realized he he pretty much exclusively plays gibson l6s's so kind of reignited this like you know desire for one of these guitars that i've had for a long time and so i was just scouring craigslist trying to find like a beat to shit one that you know i could um uh that, that i could make my own for a pretty low price yeah you know? and um yeah and I, and I so I found a pretty good deal on one you know i I paid less for it than what I think it's probably worth and um yeah, that's the other guitar that the other guitar player in my band is using that's my guitar, but <laughs> it's nicer than his guitar so <laughs> so, that's so did do.
0: you did you do any end up yeah. doing anything to, to it? Did you change anything on it or is it just how is it was? Uh, not
1: yet when i when I bought it it had uh the bridge pickup had been swapped out for like some Piece of junk, Demarzio thing, um, and so I just went and I found an original uh, Bill Lawrence Super Humbucker to put in there. Nice, and, uh, that was you know just to sort of return it to stock, and uh, yeah, I stuck that thing in there, and that's it. That's all I've done. Cool. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of pretty much all stock in that sense. I mean, I guess you could say it's all stock. It's, um, it's original in that regard. I guess. Right. Yeah okay pretty cool
0: so uh is that all those guys are playing they swap out anything in between when you guys are jamming or is that they just pretty much stick to those two guitars
1: uh i think we're just sticking to those two guitars and until i can finish you know making an oceana for myself uh and in which when that happens you know one of them will be playing that and then i'll finish something else Hopefully, right. <laughs> and uh, I'll just I'll have the other guy play it. Nice. <laughs> Make my band play my guitars. That's well. It's it's like uh,
0: free promotion every time you play out. Check these things out. There they go.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. All yeah, <laughs> right. I'm kind of terrible at promotion, otherwise. So what else am I gonna do? <laughs>
0: Um, so are that you, I know that you are a pedal head, as you've mentioned many times on your podcast. So let's talk about that. Are you, are your guys rocking any, what kind of, what are the, the, what's on their boards? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so, um, the, the pedal setups are not set in stone right now because, uh, when we have band practice, I can basically just pull out my box of pedals, which is about 43 pedals. Mm hmm. That's about what I'm at right now, um, with with many more to come. But um, I, that's about how many pedals I have right now, and so it's kind of just fun playtime in a way with band practice because they they can kind of they go through my box and they say, oh, today I'm going to plug into this one and the Earthquaker Talons and the Dwarfcraft fuzz, and then tomorrow I'm going to plug into the uh, you know Earthquaker Disaster Transport and the a Moog drive or something, you know, I mean, you just pick a. they just pick whatever they want to pick that day. And, you know, it becomes this sort of fluid thing, but I think they're, they're sort of looking for sounds that they like. And I mean, I'm just the drummer. I'm just standing there going, when do I get to hit things? <laughs> um, and, and they're playing with whatever fun boxes they could kind of find that day. Nice. For me personally, I mean, uh, With 43 pedals, it's like I can't – it's hard to pick a favorite or to say that I like anything. I don't have like a sort of a set pedal board of pedals that are, you know, uh, definitely like if if I was a guitar player in a band and I was going to go play a show, I have no idea what I would be plugging into. But uh, there's definitely like a lot of those pedals that I – just love so much, and I know would you know some of them? I think would probably be pretty hot contenders for, for you know that esteemed position. <laughs> nice, yeah. I I am I
0: can totally, I can totally relate to that. I, I'm I'm somewhere in that neighborhood too, but I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm somewhere in that neighborhood too, pedal wise, and yeah. yeah, my board got ripped apart, um, when we were going into the studio to record in March and. Uh, just cause we, we just said, everybody bring all of your gear and you know, as yeah. each song, you know, requires, we'll swap out each other's gear or whatever. And so we just had that, we had a, a pedal corner in the studio that was just, I don't even know how many pedals were there between all three guitars. So it was players. like the
1: candy store over there yeah. in the corner. It was
0: beautiful. It was, it was so yeah. glorious, but we would just go over there That's and awesome. like sample. We, a lot of times we actually had, we set up each other's tone. We said, okay, cool. What are you That's using? Fun on this, what guitar are you using? What amp are you plugging into? And they would pick from whatever that was there. And yeah. And then we would actually dial in each other's sounds. We would, we, we was like, mm-hmm. come, come in here. I need a tone consultation. And then somebody would run in there and, Oh yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're scoop You're way too scooped on, on with this fuzz. You're going to need to swap out for like this one over here. Like this, get, you tried the velvet fuzz on this or whatever. It was, it was quite fun. Um, that was a fun, fun yeah. part of the process, but, yeah, where I was going with that is my pedal board has not been reassembled since then. And I, keep, ah, I see. I keep getting more pedals, and I'm actually in the process of converting an old gun cabinet into a pedal cabinet to store all of them because they were literally mm. laying all over the house. Um, my wife would be like... Yeah. There's a reverb in the bathroom. Get it out of there. And,
1: yeah. And like, <laughs> just, I'm
0: like, oh yeah, I forgot I was look looking at the guts of the underneath or whatever. You know, just like.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So they need a home. Yeah. They're all They're are all throughout the house and all throughout the stu- my studio. They're all they're Yeah, it's bad. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I can totally relate to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I have a sort of a a long term plan of building multiple pedal boards for kind of different, different sort of conceptual, musically conceptual ideas that I have. Right. And I don't, I don't think that they'll ever, that there will ever be anything permanent. But I think that you know, I'll I'll probably have to develop a couple of different pedal boards for different things, and uh, you know, eventually someday get back into a band situation where I'm actually playing guitar. Um, just because I, I definitely would like to do that, but yeah. In the meantime, you know, I'm totally cool with just letting my bandmates play with play with my gear, and and I just get to listen to the cool sounds.
0: Nice. What uh, I have something I don't know. What is what style of music is your current band, or is it kind of all over the place? What 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 are you guys rocking?
1: Oh well, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of a thing that we don't really even know yet. Um, my current band is uh it's it's not really like my band. It's I'm in it because I'm one of probably one of the only drummers they know. Kind of a situation. Okay, yeah. And so it's ki- it's kind of their music. I'm kind of just telling them you guys just play what you want to play and just tell me what you want me to play because it's it's kind of their project. Got it. Um and I and I'm just kind of using it as an excuse to play drums because it's fun and get my chops back up because it's been a long time since I've, you know, uh, been in a band and so yeah it's it's we really don't have like a set sort of idea or clue of what we're doing yet um, it, it, yeah we were even just at the last band practice we've kind of been writing songs with this sort of intention of there someday being a vocalist singing on parts of these songs and then we realized that we don't have a PA and it might be a pretty long time before we have a vocalist so maybe we should just try to be an instrumental band for a while so it's kind of you know it's kind of up in the air for for that sort of thing but we're kind of going back to basics of just how do we how do we play together how do we gel and uh just play music that's not terrible how do we you know sort of <laughs> let's let's all let's all just focus on practicing a lot and bringing our musicianship up so that we can keep things interesting and uh and and that sort of a thing so Yeah, it'll be a long time, I think, before we uh, uh, play any gigs or do any recordings or anything like that. But it's just fun. I mean, I'm just in it because uh, you know I miss being in a band, and uh, you know these guys came to me and uh, you know asked if I wanted to do it. I'm the only one that knows how to play drums, so I, I was like, "Oh, I'll just be the drummer. I'm cool with that. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen." Nice. Good times. I think that like if I, th- I think that like if I were to form a band of my own, though, that would be a different situation. I would want to play guitar, and stylistically, it's um, it's hard to it's hard to say exactly what it would be because as a musician, uh, as a guitar player, I'm not really like a songwriter. I, I can't. I don't really uh, come up with words. I, I don't come up with melodies that are uh, sufficient enough to carry a song, to carry a band. But I'm kind of a good like team player. So if there's other guys that are doing interesting things on guitar, drums, and bass, or whatever, um, I can be in this situation and I can kind of say, oh, well, this part of the song is kind of lacking a little bit. In in the vibe that it's trying to go for, it's sort of maybe the song is going for this certain sound, and and I'm feeling like it's not quite there yet. Like I'm good at saying, at identifying that and saying, "Well, okay, but if I add, if I can add like a few notes here with kind of a clean tone and maybe a little bit of delay or something like that, uh, that'll really work out." And 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 I'm good at that, or or just or even just saying, "This song is really busy right now." it makes sense for me not to play or it makes sense for me to just drone on something right uh you know like i'm i'm a good like team player uh with the guitar so um so so i i so i don't really know exactly what kind of music i would play because the kind of music that i listen to that i would probably want to play would be a little bit uh a little bit more complicated than what sort of naturally flows out of me like the music that naturally flows out of me if I just sit down and I try to write something, sounds like Mazzy Star or Trespassers William or, um, you know, these just like really slow, melodic, ethereal, you know, just gorgeous kind of pretty songs. Right. You know? Whereas what I would probably want to play would be more along the lines of, of, of something like a Russian circles or Pelican oh. or, or marriages or, um, you know, something a little, a little just that just rocks a little, that rocks a lot more. Yeah. Than, you know what I mean? Like I I want to learn, that's like a kind of a musical style that I try to do and it, it doesn't exactly float naturally out of me, but that's what I, what interests me and, you know, the, the vast majority of the music that I listen to, um it, you know, like if I named the highlight my highlight records for the for the last like year or whatever, it would be like True Widow, King Woman, War Paint. The new failure record that came out this year was just astoundingly good. I think that's probably my record of the year.
0: I've heard a lot about that. I I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, I'm gonna have to scope that dude, out. Dude, it's
1: so good. It's it's called the heart is a monster and it's like I was like always a huge failure fan and then I heard they were getting back together and putting out a new album and I was stoked but they completely exceeded all of my expectations with this record it's so good and uh, I I also just listened to the new battles record which is like blowing my mind right now like that's been on repeat for me like I I listen to my podcasts and exhaust the heck out of those and then and then i put that battles record on and just listen to it on repeat cuz it's so good just go yeah yeah absolutely
0: okay i'll put those two on the list i i'm not familiar with them so i'm it sounds yeah. like about time to get familiar
1: yeah it is i you know i've listened to episodes of your podcast and some of the stuff that you listen to and i you know i think you and i are somewhat like-minded in some of our tastes i think you'd probably dig it nice
0: yeah my i'm very all over the place but um yeah, I I think people pretty much know where I, where I sit these days. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in between like um a hardcore kid and like a traditional country person, which is a very strange place to sit, but that's <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then like like you say um when you were talking about what you listen to and what you want to do versus what actually comes out, I can totally relate to that cuz the the last album that i did with my band um i wrote, you know, uh i don't know, 30% of the songs, you know, i i come up with the the basis yeah. of them. You know, we all do things together, but some but usually one guy writes the whole melody and chord basic chord progression and then everyone else adds their secret sauce on top of it, and that's kind of what how our process has been. And um so yeah, the, even the songs that I directly wrote, they don't sound like what I would listen to normally. It's odd. Yeah. I, it's weird how yeah. that comes across. I don't know how that happened, but it did.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know either. It's one of those great mysteries of my life, and it sounds like maybe yours too. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes what just sort of emanates from you, whether you consciously do it or not. So what 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 comes out is just a certain thing, and then maybe what's in your head is a different thing, so... Yeah,
0: and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but when I try to force something, like I want to write an X style of song, and I try to right. forcefully do that, usually I, you know, I'll I'll will hammer it and hammer it and hammer it, and then I'll step back and and like listen to the quick demo and go, that sounds like garbage. Like what what I... That sounds yeah. like I'm really trying hard, and uh-huh. I've I've always experienced like when it just kind of comes out, even if it's not yeah what I would normally go for, it's like oh. Yeah, that I I I could have people uh-huh. listen to that, and I'm not embarrassed about it. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. I mean, I, I I've had a, I suppose I probably had a few moments where, you know, I was trying to do a specific thing that was sort of outside of the my my comfort zone of, uh, with what I play, and there's been times where it worked out, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's. If if I just relax and I just let the music kind of happen as it happens, um, it's more genuine and it feels more real um, versus you know just really trying to say okay I'm gonna this this song is gonna just be the heaviest thing I've ever written and then it just ends up sounding like chug 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 and (laughs) and, and it's bad you know it's just (laughs) it's just bad and it feels it feels forced and it doesn't feel natural you know like authenticity is so important and it's it's so like every little bit of everything we do like authenticity is such a huge part of that you know that anytime you try to sort of go outside of that it it mush
0: <laughs> yeah well we, i mean that applies when you're talking about when you're talking about music or when you are when you're when you're talking about gear cuz like you see yeah. these companies that that you know were disingenuous with their products and
1: uh-huh.
0: not very many of them survive that. Uh, they usually no. end up collapsing because because of that. that I mean, because people want something real. They don't, you know, if you're making a Big Muff clone, tell everybody that you're making a Big Muff clone. And that with your take on it, don't be yeah. like, this is my secret sauce fuzz. Because that'll get you by right. for a while. But the it, right. eventually you get found out. It's just, I mean,
1: people aren't stupid. Yeah, <clears throat> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. and i think uh, well and,
1: and it's just it's just that matter of sort of having respect for uh whoever you're trying to appeal to whoever your your customer base is if you're making a product or whoever your fan base is if you're a musician you know like the the people that are that are listening to you the people that care about what you do that or that you want to care about you you have to have a level of respect for them to say i'm not going to give you you know, second rate, uh, copies. I'm not going to give you something that I just ripped off from somebody else. Like, I'm not going to give you that you deserve more than that. You know, like you, you, for a musician, it's like, you know, I'm going to give you original music. I'm going to try to do something different. I'm going to go into the studio and I'm going to, uh, plug into a a stupid amount of pedals because I want to give you a new sound. Like I want to blow your mind. Or if you're making a product, say I'm gonna I want to blow your mind with this product, you know. For me, as a guitar maker, it's it's I want to blow your mind with a guitar that you've never seen before, you know. I want to do something cool and unique and different, you know, because it's it's like I have respect for anybody willing to pay me any amount of attention, you know.
0: Well, that is a, that was big. I liked that. I, I really <laughs> no thanks. I really liked that. That was a good spiel. I. That, yeah. that was uh...
1: it's it's well and it's like you and me with podcasting you know uh we could just we could just get on our podcast and and we could just ramble on about whatever's on our mind that day and we could put it out there it's so easy to just put something out there these days but do you have you have like you clearly have respect for the people that are listening to your podcast because you're trying to get interesting people on there. I'm not saying like I'm so interesting, but you're, you know, <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast because you're getting you know, Chris Benson on there, and and uh, uh, you know all all that you you told me a couple of people you got coming up, and I'm excited to listen to the episodes that you've got coming out soon.
0: Well, and it, know, it's because you're you know, it's that it's that thing. I just I get people who I'm interested in. So if I'm interested, most likely. Somebody that's following my Instagram feed, which is kind of the majority of my current audience, um, mm-hmm. is probably going to be interested in them, too. So, like, I, I'm kind of, I'm here to do stuff for you guys, listeners. I want you guys to enjoy yeah. it. And if it's garbage, I would like you to tell me before you stop listening. Yeah, I'll try to fix it.
1: <laughs> well, and that's, you know, and that's another really good point is because cause also, you know, uh, if you're creating a product, um, you know. What was I going to say? You're, you're out there to put out a good thing, and I totally lost what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I had this really great point lined up. Okay, never mind. Well, I'm sure I agreed with it because you haven't
0: said anything I disagreed with yet, but, you know. <sighs> but, yeah, oh, man. Well, I'm, thank you for listening, and thank for anybody else that's listening because this is really new for me, and um, I'm still kind of trying to uh, float my way through it. I, it's something I. I've wanted to do for several years and just kind of recently pulled the trigger and I, I hope everybody's enjoying it and I really appreciate anybody giving it a listen because, uh, I'm just a gearhead like everybody else and, uh, enjoy talking to everybody about gear and talking to guys like you that are passionate about what it is you do. And it all kind of stems back to the music. If it doesn't help the music, then it's, it's all kind of pointless, isn't it? So,
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I have a lot of respect for anybody that's out there trying to do something new and interesting and and really, you know, enhance music. You know, I think that's probably why I have such a huge interest in so many pedal companies is they're trying to make these cool, crazy new sounds with what they do. And some of the guitar companies are the same, you know, and I try to be one of those guys. Like, not just rehash all the old stuff that's already been done before, you know um, do do something new and something cool.
0: And that takes a, I mean, that takes a pretty big, it takes a, some guts. Cause like, um, there was a, a guy who, um, uh, was talking to the other day about, he, he had some ideas for different guitar designs and, and things. And he's like, oh, it's just so nerve wracking to put out anything that's not classic because you don't know that yeah. people are going to like it. And it's like, I totally get that. It, and and then, you know, the process of building a quality instrument, and then people, it's polarizing, which is, I mean, I guess all the best stuff is polarizing. If everybody likes it, it's probably kind of yeah. blah. But I, I can understand how that would be really nerve-wracking to try to do as a builder. That would be intense.
1: Well, actually, yeah, that, that reminds me of the point I was going to make just a short while ago and then forgot. But um, it, it, you said something about how if you're interested in something, you know that other people are going to be interested in it. And, and I think that that's a good point, and that kind of is really something that uh, that I've had to remember myself. You know, is that if I like it, if it's something that I think is really cool, there's a pretty good chance that other people are going to think it's really cool too. Right. Um, Maybe not so,
0: everyone, but some, no, but other people be for everyone. Yeah.
1: You know, but yeah, there's bound to be somebody. That is a good point. I'm glad you
0: remembered that point.
1: <laughs> that's yeah.
0: good. That's good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I try. You,
0: you try to make good points <laughs>
1: <laughs> and remember things. You're, I'm pretty bad at it. <laughs> oh
0: man, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I, I, yeah, I couldn't even remember if I emailed you today or not. But anyway, yeah, good times. Well, yeah, Paul, we are. Um, we're we're since you listen to the podcast, you know how this goes. We are. Uh, yep. Right at that hour mark, and. Uh, and everyone's already ho- at home. They're, they're asleep. They're done listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They've given up.
1: Yeah, the commute is over.
0: Yes, the commute is over. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome talking to you like I was pretty confident it was going to be. So um, do you have any uh, kind of closing things you'd like to say or places you'd like to direct people to? Um, I'm going to be putting your website in the show notes. So um, if there's anything else you'd like to yeah. say, this would be a good time.
1: Oh, well, just thanks for having me, you know, um, I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to be on this side of the microphone, you know, so to speak, um, and, uh, and talk a little bit about what I do. Um, so yeah, I just appreciate everybody listening. Um, you know, I hope they check out my guitars. I, you know, I just, I really hope that people get a chance to play them. Um, because I'm, I'm proud of what I do. I, I think that I, make a pretty good guitar and you know I hope that everybody gets a chance to check one out in person someday. I I hope that that I can
0: when you come back up to Portland perhaps.
1: Yeah yeah well and you know for anybody that might happen to be swinging through Sacramento um, you know shoot me a message on Instagram shoot me an email call me up on the phone like I'm not I'm not terribly active on social media it's just something that I I'm just I'm not very good at it. I'm just a bit of a Luddite I guess. I kind of prefer real human interaction. Weird. <laughs> I guess. That's so strange. And yeah, you go figure, right. Um but yeah, I mean, uh call me up on the phone. Like I, I'm happy to talk about my guitars to anybody that wants to listen all day long. So you know, if you're ever in Sacramento uh and you wanna swing by the shop and uh check check out what I do, you know, um, yeah, just call me up. Shoot me an email. Like I'm around. I'm available, and you know, I, I, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to show off my stuff, and you know, I just really hope that everybody gets a chance to check it out. Right on, man.
0: <clears throat> well, I have hope that I can get myself down there and check it out. I'll, I'll try not to wait till you maybe make the pilgrimage back to our lovely little green city.
1: Yeah, try not to wait. Yeah. Maybe. We, are you doing NAM? Are you going to be at NAM?
0: I am not going to be at Winter NAM. I want to be hmm. um uh you know the old day job still still holding mm-hmm. me down. Right. Um but right. I my goal Oh well, we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> the, yeah. But uh the the goal for me right now is to be at Summer NAM next year. Um cool. That's cool. That's my go- right. my hope if I Good deal. if I can do that. And then obviously right. Winter also right 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 anyway all right well thanks paul uh yeah thank you for paul roney i'm blake wyland and as per usual good luck and good tones see you guys later boop one last thing before we totally sign off here i just want to remind you